This morning, our first reading is from the first book or the first chapter of Acts. Uh, like I said, this, is, this happens after Jesus ascends into heaven. The disciples start planning for the ministry of the church, and one of the first things they must do is replace Judas Iscariot, who takes his own life, and they replace him with someone else who will be a disciple and apostle of Christ. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120 and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us with, and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man bought a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Akeldamah, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from the first letter of St. Peter, chapter 4 and chapter 5, various verses. We've heard from St. Peter the last several weeks from this same letter of his, uh, reminding the Christians of his time that there's going to be challenges, there's going to be persecution, there's going to be times of suffering. And he is encouraging us that even though we uh, fight against a world that does not accept the viewpoint of the Bible or of Christ, uh, we have that consolation of knowing that in Christ we have a treasure far greater than what this world can offer. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, 
what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God. And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise as we hear from the gospel. Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus prepares himself to go to the cross, he is preparing his disciples not just for his death, but also his resurrection, and not just that, but also his ascension, that he will always be with them, that he has prayed for them, and the Lord is glorifying him, and he will keep his people in Christ. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All, yours. all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In his letter today, Peter paints a rather provocative picture with his words. He says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. This metaphor he uses of Satan as a roaring lion is one that's easy to picture, isn't it? Especially if you've ever been to the zoo and have seen a lion or perhaps seen one uh, in a picture or on a movie. You, you know what a lion looks like. It's a big and fierce and muscular creature with razor-sharp claws and razor-sharp razor teeth. You imagine the danger that Peter is putting into our minds. But I want you to think if literally you woke up some morning and you looked out your window and there was a lion on your front lawn prowling around, roaring with its massive paws and claws and teeth, what would your reaction be? Would it be, well, I guess we have lions now. Would it be, well... The lion's here to stay. I might as well give myself over to him because there's no getting out of this one. Or would you try to get a hold of somebody who had the capabilities of dealing with this nuisance, with this predator, with this vicious, lethal killer? I'm sure you wouldn't ignore it. I'm sure you wouldn't just expect it to go away. And I'm sure you wouldn't just go out there and try to reason with it. Because it's a lie. It's dangerous. It's lethal. And this deadly enemy, as Peter points him out to be, of Satan, is like this roaring lion. Not a quiet, slinking, stealthy lion, but a loud one. A loud one who is roaring, saying, Here I am, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because this enemy is one who finds truth to be an obscenity. He revels in chaos and confusion and uses lies and bitterness instead of claws and teeth. I'm sure many of you will agree that this lion, this enemy, is working very efficiently in this day and this age. The lion is calling into question truth. Everything God has declared to be true. And I think this is an important message, not just for, for, for our graduates today, which it is, as they head on from high school and possibly from their own homes into new parts of their lives, but each and every one of us, because we are bombarded with the lion's roars every day, aren't we? The lion roars that, God didn't create you. You were just made by happenstance over billions of years. The lion cries out, not all lives are precious, just the convenient ones that we want to have around. The lion cries out and roars that, you know, it, the way God made you supposedly, man and woman, that's all fluid. That doesn't really matter. Or the lion cries out by roaring, you don't need forgiveness. Everything you're doing is right because you think it is. 
That's what the lion is roaring. Or perhaps he says, you won't receive forgiveness because you have been far too sinful. We have to admit this enemy is real. We have to admit that this enemy is out for us. And we have to admit that we can't just give ourselves over to it and expect everything to be fine. But this is the context around that scary sentence by Peter. He tells us, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like, around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore Confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. If someone found a lion in their backyard, they would want to find someone else capable of dealing with that fierce creature. They wouldn't just throw their hands up and say, well, we'll bargain with it. They wouldn't throw their hands up and say, well, we're dead anyway. We might as well go out and deal with it. But you also wouldn't try to wrangle it yourself. And the same is true of our adversary. We don't have the strength to deal with him. Because if we seek to deal with him in our own ability, we will surely perish. But this is the promise that Peter gives us, that God has given to him and to us. That he is the one more than capable of dealing with this enemy. He is the one who is abundantly mighty. And so to our graduates today, I tell you, as you go forth from here, cling to God's word. Cling to the word that God has preached to you from this pulpit for your entire life. Cling to your baptism in which you were made God's people. Cling to the, the body and blood that we receive here in communion. Cling to those promises you made at confirmation. Cling to what he has spoken to you through his word, through his teaching, through your confirmation days and, and, and so forth. Because there is where you're going to find truth. And if you think it's crazy that if somebody would just give themselves over to a lion because, hey, well, we're all going to die anyway, that's the same thing as when we hear the lies of the world and say, well, I'm going to accept it because that's all I'm hearing. But we cling to his word. And not just for them, but to all of us. Because, yes, there is a roaring lion, but we have a champion who not only gave himself over to the lion, he defeated that lion, he choked that lion, that lion was forced to give him back up because the lion couldn't defeat our Christ. The promise of God is that he stands between us and this evil foe. His strength is the, the strength that defeats it. His forgiveness he is earning by his death 
and resurrection he provides for us so that even though we are sinful, even though we have made mistakes, even though we have said those things we shouldn't have said and did those things we shouldn't, have, we shouldn't do, we have a promise of forgiveness that we are sinners. But we are made pure, made whole, made perfect by the blood of the one who fought the lion and won. By Christ, who went to the cross, suffered in our place. So that is our hope against this deadly foe. Not our own strength, not our intellect, but our God, who is Christ Jesus. Who makes us his people through our baptism, through communion, and through his word, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.